0: Welcome to our 30 Women, 30 Days of Ramadan Takeover podcast. For day nine, we had Aisha Dahiru, who is an author, marital coach, and legacy builder. And she shared her real-life experiences on reliance and trust in Allah.
1: And I didn't give the disclaimer that I cry very easily, especially when I talk about Allah and this is a moment. I was so grateful, I was so thankful, and I was so ready. I was so ready, subhanAllah didn't think about my kids, not my husband, not my parents. I was so ready in that moment to go back to him because I just felt this There's no perfect, more perfect time because his name is the name I'm calling. His is the thought, you know, the connection I'm yearning for. This, this for me is everything. And I just started making dua A lot of the asa.
0: And Walahi, it was beautiful. Do enjoy this takeover session proudly brought to you by the Umfariha Network.
1: Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh and Ramadan Mubarak to all of you. So my name is Aisha Hirata. Atta. I am on social media as an affluent heart. So Zara kindly invited me to joined the 30 days for Ramadan takeover, which is such an inspired idea to build community and get such diverse and enriching experiences and knowledge from women all over the world. I learned so much the first year that I did it and same last year and this year the same, alhamdulillah. Now, when I decided to do this, I wasn't very sure what I'd be talking about today initially, but I did know that I wanted the opportunity to learn from all of you. Uh, as much as whatever I may have to say might have value. I have made a lot of Da'a asking Allah to guide my speech, guide everything that I present in this space today. And with that, I would like to remind all of us that none of you are on this by accident. None of you, I say this every single time I speak in a public forum or even wherever, but as long as there's going to be a remembrance of Allah and the, the hope for Khair to be received, We do hope, we pray that the angels of Rahma are in that space with us. And just before this life, for the first time in a long time, I felt butterflies in my belly. It doesn't happen to me very often, But for this life, subhanAllah, I really, really felt it. And I felt this weight heaviness. And then from nowhere, somebody really beloved to me sent me a dua saying, you know, good luck. Um, I hope it goes well and make dua. And I was like, alhamdulillah, Allah, you know, I pray that is a reminder that you are with me. You are with everybody that is on this life and wherever this might go, because it is quite a responsibility to sit and think you can speak to people about Allah in particular you can't cover everything, you cannot speak for everyone and I'm so acutely aware of that a lot of the time so I genuinely always like to speak about what I know and what I'm comfortable with and I think because I chose a topic that um, I wanted to talk about Tawakul and I wasn't really sure why I wanted to talk about Tawakul or what I wanted to do with it and then alhamdulillah you know Allah just inspired me I'm really excited I can't wait for all of you to share in what's to come We pray the angels are with us now and always. it's Ramadan. For us it is an iftar. Some of you have iftar to look forward to, some of you have already broken. We pray they're here, they're blessing this gathering, virtual as it is, and with they take back to Allah Azza wa Jal that your servants, your slaves today they gathered and they did that for your sake and your sake alone. Having said that, I would also ask that each and every one. Take a minute, just a quick second to ask yourselves, what do I want to gain by this time that I am sparing to give to her, to be in this space? Because that's valuable time that you could be doing something else. Make it matter, make it powerful, sit down with it and ask for whatever it is that you would like Allah to give you to gain from that. I know that I've been making a lot of dua and my intentions are absolutely aspirational because I go big, I've learned to do that. uh, I chose this theme sort of because I didn't want to be talking at anyone I am not a scholar I don't have the level of knowledge that enables me to step into any space by any means to say the little that I know is very personal to me and so when I come in to have an interaction with people I really like to hear what is your experience and where are you at now, one thing that we all have in common here, and I don't know that everybody is, um, is is shares the same faith, that may not be the case, but the one thing I believe we have in common at this point in time is that we are all, all, all experiencing some level of affecting um, by Corona. So I wanna take a little minute to acknowledge that and to to say to you, whatever you're experiencing with that, wherever you are at, because it's so different for everyone. I live in London and at the moment for us, I think we've been in lockdown for five, almost six weeks now. It's a whole different type of lockdown to what I hear happening back in Nigeria, which is where I'm from, for those of you that don't know me. Um, So I live between the UK and Nigeria, alhamdulillah. It's a very different experience, and I can imagine that it's very different also for so many across the globe. But whatever it is that you are experiencing in terms of the practical day to day, how it feels to be at home, whether you are, um, you know, twenty four seven, whether there's a curfew, whether there isn't, whether you can't shop, whether you can, whether you're locked in with your kids, you're homeschooling them, you're not, you know, whatever it is. The thing we have in common, I believe, or should, what I can say authoritatively is for all of us to recognize it's a test from Allah It didn't happen by accident, and it isn't going anywhere anytime soon until we embrace that, really sit with it in our individual spaces and ask ourselves, well, this is a test from Allah. He alone can do this, only He can do it. The whole world has ground to a complete halt, a complete halt, yet the thing that has not changed is him. He hasn't changed in all of this. How you can reach him, how you can connect with him, how you can worship him, that has not changed. In fact, the other day I was saying to somebody that one of my, and I'm going to be talking sort of interspersing, one of my Tawakul experiences that was really powerful and perhaps inspired why I wanted to bring in Tawakul into this space actually happened when I was coming back to this country. I was in Nigeria when things started closing down and It was just so, so anxiety ridden, subhanAllah, to make a decision what was best to do. Should we get the kids back home to Nigeria at the time? Things had not exploded. So the numbers here were crazy. It was really frightening. Or should we, you know, head this way? What to do, what to do? Anyway, made a lot of istikhara, made a lot of du'a and found myself on a flight back within the space of, I think, I barely had 40 hours, hadn't eaten for as long as that and just really crazy on a flight back to make it before the UK closed its borders and before Nigeria closed down as well. And on that flight, I had the opportunity to, time by myself, to really, really sit with covid the COVID thing, because before that it was, it was almost sort of like surreal and abstract. You were listening to the news, you were hearing different people talking about it, but because I was in Nigeria also, it was a bit removed. On the flight, there was time for me to really reflect and also try to sort of figure out how I wanted to occupy this test, the space of the test. And one of the things I immediately recognized was, I was going to be the only adult with my kids who were teenagers and grown, but also, of course, I'd had a lot of the rug underneath them ripped from underneath them. My son is scheduled to go into university this year, inshallah. Uh, my daughter about, was about to take her GCSEs. So the change was just absolutely quick and, as you can imagine, very, very destabilizing. So I sat down and I remember just talking to Allah and saying, you know, I recognize this is a test. I recognize it for the magnitude, you know, the magnitude of which this is. People are dying and life is changing. And I believe life is never going to go back to normal. How do I want to be within this test? How do I want to to be with you, ya Allah? And my first motivation I can't lie, I have to be honest. I wasn't even sure if it was about Allah azawajal first. It was that my first responsibility I felt was towards the children, to be able to guide them. And immediately the first thing that came to me was, you know whether we make it, we don't make it is irrelevant. What I want, Ya Allah, is I want us to come out of this, whichever side, whether it is in this dunya or in the next, I would like it to be the means by which we grew closer to you. That's all I want. That is all that I want. And as I was having those thoughts and conversations with myself, I have never in my life, subhanAllah, and I pray I never do again. I've never been on a plane that has experienced turbulence like that one. La <speaking in Spanish> Plane started feeling like it was about to explode. Just crazy. Never experienced it. Never pray anybody experiences it. Never wanted to go through that again. My belly and my toes were the same thing at that point in time and all i could think was i was smiling and i was thinking allah you you know you're just so quick you're you're so quick subhanallah i finished this thought i finished this reflection it's barely even dua and here you are testing me testing me with okay you said it prove it are you ready are you ready and wallahi 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 alhamdulillah alhamdulillah I don't think I have ever been calmer in my entire life. My whole life did not flash before me, but the last few weeks did. I'd been in Nigeria for a few weeks and there were a couple of things. I'd gotten to spend time with my parents who lived there. I'd gotten to spend time with family. I'd gotten to do certain things that I had been putting aside, certain things I didn't even think I would do. There was a certain relationship that was difficult in my life. I'd managed to ask for forgiveness and forgiveness was granted to me. So in those Seconds or minutes, all that was flashing was I was saying to Allah, Yes, this, this is why I got to Nigeria. This is why you took me there. This is why this happened. This is why that happened. This is this, this is this, this is this. All the dots made sense. And I thought, That's it. You were preparing me. You're taking me back. I'm returning to you. And you know what? I am thankful. And I didn't give the disclaimer that I cry very easily, especially when I talk about Allah and this is a moment. I was so grateful, I was so thankful, and I was so ready. I was so ready, subhanAllah. Didn't think about my kids, not my husband, not my parents. I was so ready in that moment to go back to him because I just felt this There's no perfect, more perfect time because his name is the name I'm calling. His is the thought, you know, the connection I'm yearning for, this, this for me is everything, and I just started making dua, and making dua, making dua, making yeah, a lot of the subhanAllah. And wallahi, it was beautiful for me, it was just really beautiful. Turbulence stopped, and it was still beautiful, alhamdulillah. We landed, we reunited with the kids. But I stayed calm, I was calm and I got my serenity and that's where my peace has come from. So I started with, I don't want to disrespect what anybody else is going through, but for me, this has turned out to be a really, really wonderful opportunity. My kids are home, my kids are safe. You know, in in a long time, they're teenagers. I have not had the opportunity to teach them anything that they have not wanted to just push back and say, you know, nah, nah, this isn't it. This is not what we're interested in at the moment, subhanAllah. But this has been so different because Corona times have just sobered all of us, subhanAllah. And in that regard, I feel as if, well, if you're looking for a definition of tawakkul, what is it exactly? What qualifies as tawakkul for any of us? What is it? And then I got myself into a bit of a tizzy thinking. Okay, so the technical definition of that would be reliance upon Allah as wajib, right? Yeah. What is yaqeen? certainty in Allah. What is Husna, Husna Hassan? I can never say that. I, I don't speak Arabic, subhanAllah, but just having positive expectations of Allah. What are those three? Are they interconnected? Are they different? What are they? And honestly, I still don't know what the answer is. In technical form, if I were writing about it, if I were, if I were talking to someone, I don't know, is it a case of the chicken or the egg, which comes first? Do you have to have yaqeen first before you can attain tawakkul? Do you have to have tawakkul first? And then you attain yaqeen in Allah. Is there proof for you first that has to happen in your life? Something tangible that you can say, well, he came through for me. This was the moment. This is when I knew he was God. He sufficed or whatever it is. Then I got yaqeen or you had yaqeen. And then Allah Azza wa
2: granted you the gift of tawaqqa because
1: it's a gift. It's a gift to have absolute unshakable, nothing can shake this place belief that Allah has been taken care of. I, I, I don't know that it is a muscle. It's anything that you can work upon, that you can practice. If it is, more learned people than me have to be the ones to share that with you. I honestly don't know. So what I've done, therefore today, is I've asked for brave people, courageous people, beautiful people, some that I know, to come into this live, join me, and talk about their experiences of Tawakul. I think that's the best way for us all to learn from one another, um, I think. And it's different for all of us, as I said. So I've got my first volunteer, subhanAllah. And a disclaimer. This one I know very, very well. And I actually also happen to know his story very, very well. Asalaam. UK This is my brother, my actual brother, not my brother in Islam. We share a mother and a father, Alhamdulillah. Thank you for joining us, Baba. No, thank so- you
3: for inviting me.
1: Oh, you're so welcome. Thank you. Uh,
3: what would you like to share about your experience with Oof. Uh I think I have one one moment to share. A bit difficult to share, but um, it was uh, 2014, Easter weekend. Uh I lost uh, my wife and prior to that period, I think I was living a life of anything that came, you know, just continued living life. Took life the way it came. Appreciation of the things that one had. Um, Parents, love, siblings, friends, extended family. Um, But when that incident happened, uh, that loss of of my spouse, of my partner then, uh, there was a sudden realization That everything that we have, we do, we know. At that particular point, there was nothing that uh, I had control over. And Mm -hmm. I think in that moment, particularly the day after we had brought her back home, uh, we bathed her shrouded her and uh, went to bury her
0: mm-hmm. in
3: fact the actual moment that i realized that was when we lay her in, in her in her grave, in her grave. They, they was, it was a bit calming to be honest and unfortunately i, I recall that none of you were around then Nobody was around then. Uh, None of my immediate family members were around. But I had extended family and friends that were were there. Till today, I still look back at faces of people that came from Abuja, uh, came in from Kano, in fact. Yeah, that, to be honest, I did not expect to. So in that itself, in that experience, even seeing those people come in at that particular time, at that particular moment, just made me realize that, hey, you don't have any control of things around you, and you know that God is in control. Inasmuch as my immediate family was not around, I still had family uh, quote sent unquote. you
1: what you needed yes
3: there was there was support from from people that i did not expect to get support from
1: ah, subhanallah, subhanallah.
3: Yeah. the and, promise and of that, allah oh yes uh, yes there's no i don't think there's any better way to put it uh accept that when you are in such a situation you turn left and right you don't actually realize it but he does that without you even realize those cushions all the the saying back home or when you're falling it's like a cushion that has been put in Mm. and Allah that is there
2: yes always whether
1: you know or don't
3: oh yeah. yeah Definitely. Subhanallah. Definitely. Subhanallah. Uh, and I, I think since since then my, my my outlook in life has always been, hey, no shaking. It's God's will. <laughs> if it comes yeah. if it comes, just know that it is from God. Whether you are comfortable about it or not. It is also yeah. just his test. I pray we we all find that disposition, that comfort zone to to accept that every single thing that you go through. Uh, Allah is there and you leave it to him
1: Subhanallah honestly I could hug you right now just after no <laughs> and for, for sharing so beautifully of course I know it very well and I wish that we had more time but you know sharing is enough mm. for all of you that are here that please make dua for our late sister you know she's, she's a whole her story is a whole Insta live on its own or a book. May Allah Zawajal send noor to her grave and may Allah bless, protect her beautiful son that she left for us, my, um, my nephew. Now, that time where you shared that Allah took us all away, I think it's worth saying to point out to people to highlight. So mm. there's never been a time since then or before that I remember that as a family, all of us were gathered in the same place with only one person elsewhere. That I recollect in the way that that happened. Because mm. all of them moved over to come to this side. We have a sister yeah. who lives on another continent. Uh, you know, my other sister. All of us congregated, converged here with me. My dad yeah. was actually flying that day. The day that she died, he was it's, on the flight. So he didn't even really leave yeah. the airport. He He turned right back. And the thing I remember that I think is worth sharing with the audience is... I couldn't come home. One of the most trying things for me at that period was I could not leave here to go home at that time. It took a while before I could do that. And so I had to keep speaking with you and speaking with everybody, subhanAllah. And I think it was day two or three that you received an email from a colleague of yours who was performing Umrah. I still have that email, subhanAllah. And that has become a life really motto for me. It was also a turning point. That experience... It's hard for it not to change you. That's for sure. But the email he sent you, you called me and you were almost on a euphoric high where you said to me, this thing has given me peace. This has really helped me just begin to, just it's given you something. Do you remember it? The key thing in that message was everything Allah decrees is good. Everything Allah decrees is is good. And I still come away from it, I say unchanged, because the lesson for me was If this young man can lose a wife, the mother of his child, in his youth, in the way that it happened, and find solace in this reminder, in the way that you did, I have no business shaking, as you say, shaking at anything. I've removed him. Jazakallahu khairan. Only because um, he, he did really well. He wasn't sure he was going to come on. I'm really proud of him um, for coming to share that. I hope it has been of benefit. Alhamdulillah. Please do make dua for all of our deceased. May Allah azza wa jal grant them jannah till third Right. I'm going to go in order of request. Assalamualaikum wa wabarakatuh. Am I shawti?
4: Wow, I really can (laughs) say, just a little bit shouting, just a little bit. I ran it back in. I'm so excited.
1: (laughs) How are you, darling?
4: I'm very well.
1: Go ahead. You share the one you want to share and we'll do that one.
4: SubhanAllah. I really feel like, um, since 2015, I have almost perpetually been free falling with tawakkul. Um, 2015, my good friend Nari Nabri Robert her husband passed away he returned to Allah and in 24 hours I found myself on a flight didn't know the means to pay for the like literally you know the money to get there the money for the hotel that I'd be staying in I just knew that I needed to be with her and I found myself in Egypt Mm -hmm. five months pregnant and four months later I gave birth to uh my youngest who we call Empress Two in public and you get the diagnosis that she has sickle cell disease. Not only sickle cell disease, like the worst form of sickle cell disease. Like like the diagnosis is, you know, you just don't want anyone to, to have that, you know? And SubhanAllah, I remember, you know, I've shared this a few times, but I remember my mom coming back from Hajj and I was talking to her about the consultants and what we need to do and this, that and the other. And she was like, why, why are you stressed? Why are you worrying? I've already delivered the message. <laughs>
1: SubhanAllah.
4: You know, I, I looked at my mom, and I was like, that that you have right there, I want all of that give me it. I want all of that le- level of yaqeen and trust and certainty that I have told Allah. I told him at the Kaaba. I told him and he has got you. So you don't need to stress. You don't need to worry about diagnosis, about blood transfusions, about her, you know, organ failure. You don't need to worry about all of that. He has mm. got her because I have, you know, that isn't that I asked him, I delivered the message. That was her exact words. And from that point, I have literally been free-falling with tawakul with regards to her health. Because even according to her consultants, subhanAllah, having that trust in Allah and he'll provide where you don't expect, mm. her consultants are so baffled by her health. How is it she has never had a crisis? This kid that has the worst form of this disease. Till How date. is it that she, till date she's almost five years old and she has never oh, had oh, a crisis? Allahumma ameen. And she has people look her and she, this one is at risk, this one here. I know. But he reminded me again, you know, because you can become complacent, subhanAllah. Mm. Mm. And you're trusting in him, but you can be really complacent. And a few weeks ago, my eldest daughter, she's 14, she became really unwell, literally like that. Not COVID-19, alhamdulillah, but literally like that. And I remember sitting on the phone with NHS 111, and I'm like, do I really have to take her to the hospital? Because mm. in my head, I think, hospital... COVID, my youngest, she it's could get it. Sure she like, yeah, awesome. her immune system is just trash basically because of sickle cell disease. Of so I'm thinking so my head is like planning a Genaza, like in my head. And the level of anxiety, I don't get anxious, but I was like, Do I really have to go to the hospital? Do what really like do I have to is is there any way I could just hold on? And they were like, Please take her to the hospital. And I remember I sat there and i just looked to the sky and i said allah just take care of us and just take care of that little girl i literally went to the hospital shaking inside but just like allah i know your promise is true Allahu Akbar. And SubhanAllah, Alhamdulillah, we went, we we stayed there for about three days because my, my eldest was really unwell. And we came back. And I remember actually before we left the hospital, and I said to her doctor, Listen, I'm going to an at risk kid. I'm going home to an at risk kid. What do you advise I do? And she was so calm. And she was just like, She gave really beautiful advice. What you need to do. This is how we do when we go home to our families. La 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 la. I just took a breath. <laughs> Alhamdulillah, we do what we need to do, take the precautions. And this little girl is oblivious, you know, she's oblivious to this, to anything. <laughs> it's like perpetual free-falling.
1: So really what you're saying is that Allah just gave you full gift of the fruit of Tawakkul mm. in her mm-hmm. the package, the mm. reminder. Just gave you that. that every, fully. Day, every single day you can stay grateful and, yeah. and be reminded that he doesn't fail. However, you yeah. and I and everybody else, we stumble and we falter. He doesn't fail. He does not fail. And you cannot pray and worry at the same time. Subhanallah. Subhanallah. Right. I love you for the sake of Allah. Oh, I, love
4: I love you. All I right. Love I'm going to try her. for
1: others. Thank you so much for honoring us with that. Jazakallah khair. Thank you. I appreciate, I appreciate you.
4: All. I love, love you, I mean, take care.
1: I would urge us all to really think about those. Those were just two stories, subhanAllah, but really, really powerful. I've heard both of them, and yet it feels like I, for the first time, of course it's always different when you hear it from the person themselves sharing, subhanAllah. I would ask that we go away and ask ourselves, what did Allah want for me to learn from this? He brought me to hear this for a reason. Tawakul itself. Is not something I think that we don't all have some logical, rational understanding of. But we're also human. When that test comes, subhanallah. Okay, I'm going to pick somebody who I know it's almost iftar time for them, if you don't mind, please, if she's still there. If the rest of you can be patient
2: as alaykum. Wa alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Yes, alhamdulillah. Thank you very much for inviting me. You're doing such a great job. Masha'Allah. Well, so As-salamu alaykum everybody. As I was listening to uh, your brother in particular, there was something he said. He said, uh, you know, there's that calm before the storm. When you're about to be tested and get into that tawakum, um that is, if you do get to, because it is a gift. If Allah allows you to get into that mode. There's always a calm. Everything seems to be going right. Everything is okay. You're fine. And then all of a sudden, boom, something hits you. And that was actually what happened to my life. Something happened that I suddenly found myself in the wilderness. I was lost. Um, I carried it for about 10 years and I did not share with anybody. I was just in there alone with Allah, definitely. And... Suddenly it was too much. I couldn't take any more. And then I started sharing with very close people. And each time I shared, it was almost like a roadblock. It was like there was a wall, you know, it felt a bit better. But then a few days later, it was still there. There was this choke in my throat. Something was in my throat choking me. And I just knew, uh, you know, that there was something wrong. I just needed to do something. But Mm. every time I felt it was looking outwards, not inwards, And then looking up to Allah, but it was always going to somebody. And when I went to one or two people and then I felt a bit better and then coming back again. So it would be like the whole time I'll be talking to somebody. And when it was time to pray, when I went to the praying mat, I start praying and then I just broke down and I start crying. I start crying. And then sometimes I fell asleep on the mat and I would wake up and then I will just feel better. And then until one day, you know, something occurred to me that, look, there's no use going out. And discussing it with somebody because you always come back to the same point why don't you sit with it um, understand it talk to yourself about it weigh it and then see where you are so I sat down I said okay I weighed things and I said what were my options and when I weighed and I looked at the two options that I had I looked to the right and I thought if I take this Mm -hmm. option then what it means is definitely offending Allah I would be Mm -hmm. definitely offending Allah and That was not an option for me. That was a no-go area. And then when I looked at the other side, yes, it is what I would like. But if I go ahead with it, what that meant was going against Allah. And then that was when I said, look, if you go the other way and Allah is not in your corner, then you don't have anything. Mm. And that was when it became clear to me that, look, the choice is you choose Allah and you rely on him. You rely on him to do it for you. And if you let go of it, and at that moment, you decide that, look, I will not offend Allah. This is what I want to do. I need to please Allah. Whatever I do, must please Allah. That is Mm. the litmus test. Mm. And ever since, everything I do, if I come into a situation, I always wait. Does it please Allah? If it does not please Allah, I just go to the other. Leave it. Yes, I just leave it. So when I chose Allah, I said, okay, from now on, this is what I'm doing. This is no option because if I do that, I'm offending Allah. And I stopped. And that very moment that I made that decision, honestly, literally, the choke in my throat went away. Allah line, Allah. It went away. And ever since I made peace with it, I, I parked it, as I say, I went to the parking lot because this is how I imagine it. It's like I'm yeah. in the parking lot. And then there are lots of empty spaces. And whenever I have an issue, I keep going round and round looking for a to mm. park. And when I was <laughs> able to park it... In there, that it's not an option to go against Allah. The option is to rely totally on Allah and allow Him to sort you out. Mm. And then Mm. the freedom just came. And trust me, I've never looked back. Alhamdulillah. And
1: may you never, may you never, may you never look to the side, uh, may you never uh, look to anywhere, uh, any direction, uh, except for Allah. What a beautiful love story. Uh, that sounds like a love uh, story to me. May Allah uh, continue to love you. JazakAllah
2: for coming on. I wish we could chat longer. as alaykum.
1: Um, oh, subhanAllah. I hope all of you are really benefiting as much as I am from these shares. Really, really powerful. SubhanAllah. There you are. Okay. Alhamdulillah. I'm going to tell you about my Qur'an teacher, who a few days ago told me her story of Tawakkul, which was a very different perspective to what I usually hear and even experience. She came at it, of course, like a person of deep knowledge, mashallah, which she is. And um, she lives in Saudi. Uh, if you're familiar with Saudi, they need resident permits to be there. And she had, at the time this happened,
2: she had some trouble with
1: hers. Assalamu alaykum. Are you with us?
2: Wa-alaykum <laughs> as-salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
0: Tell us, what's your
2: story? Okay, so my story, um, I got married in 2008 and um, alhamdulillah, very quickly um, we had our first child. I was pregnant, none of the du'a or anything, it just came automatically. Um, alhamdulillah, I had a boy, you know, two years later you're thinking, no, oh, you know, should...
1: Subhanallah. Jamila, we have to accept this story is not ready for the world yet, Allah Azza It's not meant. It's not meant. We have to have that tawakkul, that it's not time for the world to hear it. So, ya salam indeed. I could see that.
0: Uh, salaamu alaykum. Salaamu alaykum. Hello, Miss MB. How are you? I'm fine. Alhamdulillah. for joining us. What's Thank your you wonderful story? Your experience? Right. I've been enjoying everyone's story and I've already got my tissue ready because I'm also a crier. So that's my disclaimer. (laughs) Alhamdulillah.
1: (laughs) Crying is the mercy of Allah. It's from the mercy of Allah. Alhamdulillah.
0: It is. Are you feeling okay? Are you feeling okay, Tishin? Okay, go ahead. Alhamdulillah. Um, So my free fall to the top. Sorry. I mean, everybody has so many examples or things that have happened in their life. But one that strikes me the most that I think is probably why Ad invited me today <laughs> is um, that of the loss of my husband. So I'm um, a young mother with two kids. And um, last year, Allah tested us. Sorry, I'm still with the loss of my husband, Shams. And the so, I do talk about it a lot, but probably not like this, so it sounds a bit different. So my story is kind of similar to everyone else's, but it was, they say time heals. (laughs) And it's already been a year, but it's still very difficult to talk about it. Um, So I lost my husband almost suddenly, um, tragically. We were living in Hong Kong, so away from family and friends. And, you know, we had just started building a community of friends, um, and uh, we came to Nigeria for a wedding. Um, we were due to travel the next day. Um, yeah. Alhamdulillah, Allah gave him an opportunity to see his family, his parents, yeah. his siblings, and everyone. So, you know, we have so it's much country. to do. Um, but why I think that experience particularly is, for me, that was a point where we weren't ready. I mean, Allah reminded us that sometimes you are ghafil, you become heedless, mm. despite you thinking about death, death might happen time it was in the middle of a celebration, um, and you know, he felt ill, and it was <sighs> so spinal, I mean it was so for me, the thing that strikes me, the Moses, turning to Allah at a moment of brokenness and finding gratitude in pain and in adversity. Mm. Um, the moment he was pronounced dead. I really was not expecting it, of course, but I felt Allah granted me an opportunity. About 24 to 48 hours, we were in hospital. I was by his bedside. Um, Allah granted me an opportunity to serve my husband, to be by my husband's side. And I felt um, it was a time of ambiguity, a time of fear, and you feel loneliness and vulnerability. And um, you call out to Allah, you call out to Allah. And I felt... Allah's mercy in ways that I have never ever felt before. I cry to Allah in secret and in public, but Allah's mercy does not just come in you feeling that, oh no, I don't have to cry anymore, I feel better, I feel, you know, I feel Allah became al-wakeel for me. We put our trust in Him, Mm. knowing that His wisdom is beyond your wisdom, knowing that Allah will take care of your situation. Mm. The minute it happened, I came back home. My two kids were sleeping. I had a five-year-old and a two-year-old at that point. And I didn't know how to wake them up and tell them that they had just lost their father. And, you know, the reality of you... You know, all of a sudden someone's saying, so, yeah, oh, sorry, I almost spoke my language. You know, someone <laughs> walking up to you <laughs> to say, so, um, okay, you need to go get ready. We need to go do this and do that. Saying, okay, remember, you can't touch this, perfume that, you can't wear this, you can't do that. And then, you know, there's this whole new rules of Idda that you need to observe and the reality of it. And then you coming to shroud your husband, to get ready for the janaza. I felt so lucky because this could have happened for me to work on years. It could have happened in Hong Kong where I was alone with the kids, but it happened in Nigeria, where yeah. I'm from, where he's from, around family, friends. He had a privileged burial janaza. He had his family and friends around him. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to worry about what to do, how to, you know, it's Allah's mercy. Despite mm. him being gone, right? Mm. I felt you know, Allah was thinking about us. Allah was taking care of the situation for me. Prior to that, I've always felt a connection to Allah but I know a lot of people that are close to me have heard me say, you know, I, I, I think of myself as Allah because I think, you know, things fall into place. I just yeah. say, hassanallahou and, and hand uh-huh. over my affairs and wallahi he comes through. He comes uh-huh. through in the most, maybe not the most obvious way, sometimes through family and sometimes through friends and you know, things just plan out and things just work out for you. So, my actions might not have changed. I carried on with our plans, how we wanted to raise our kids. I just pray to Allah. I mean, people will come up to you almost immediately and say, So, what are you going to do now? So, so what are your plans? Are you going back to Hong Kong? Are you going to do this? And, and I didn't have the answers, but I felt I didn't need to have the answers. Yeah. Um, life itself is fragile, it is short lived. Your spouse is the sanctuary for you, um, but you feel a feeling of nothingness, of hollowness. And Allah makes you realize that he's just human. Uh, You know, my spouse is just human and, you know, he wasn't going to live forever. Um, You look towards people for empathy. Sometimes, you know, you get it through family, friends. I found closure and healing through different ways, sometimes through posting pictures of him, talking about him, and I find myself talking about him in the present a lot, which I know a lot of people find strange, but, you know, <laughs> it's just my way of doing things. Alhamdulillah. Um, Alhamdulillah. be
1: I am really left with outwards. You move me. You always move me in, in the most beautiful way, and you always just expand my space, my heart. And I love you for the sake of Allah. May Allah grant him Jannah, protect those beautiful children. And mm. for you and may what the courage you have had today to come on and share? May it inspire somebody out there who's struggling, who needed to hear this. Because for all of you who are sharing, I promise you, this is not about the invitation I extended. It's meant for somebody listening who's going to hear this. I don't know who they are, but, you know, I know what I needed to hear. Alhamdulillah. JazakAllah <laughs> khairan. that
0: so may Allah preserve you all and unite us in of Allahumma amin, ya rabbil alameen. As-salamu alaikum. Alaykum
1: as-salam. <laughs> oh, subhanallah, subhanallah. Instafam, how powerful was that? It's hard to properly be able to honor anybody's story, anybody that chooses to tell you their story it's a privilege. It's a privilege. It's not a right. And I pray that here in this space that has been of benefit and my takeover, it has surpassed It surpassed anything that I had hoped for. And I can only continue to keep you all in my du'as. I pray that you forgive me. Any shortcoming in this space has been from me, not from Allah. Allah came through for me from sources that I didn't imagine in the most beautiful ways. And I pray that he also showed up for you. I want to say one last thing before I go and imagine that I actually have a ticker, a timer that I can see. Is Whatever you do, please understand, it's not magic alone. Allah does grant these descriptions to whoever He chooses, but first you have to know Him. I always say to people, go out and know Him. Everybody's description here is because they knew who Allah was, because they understood Him, they understood who He was as their Lord, as well as in that moment. So go out and learn the names of Allah, hold on to your Quran, learn the seerah, whatever you need to do to move you towards Allah Please, please, please go and do that. Take one small step and he's going to come running to you. I was reminded of that today in the most beautiful way. And I love you all for the sake of Allah. JazakAllah khair for your time and for having me on here. Assalamu alaikum wa barakatuh
0: Thank you very much for listening to this episode of our 30 Women, 30 Days of Ramadan Takeover sessions by the Umfariha Network. We hope and pray that it has been beneficial to you. You can check out other episodes on the podcast, watch the live replay of this session on our YouTube channel, and join us tomorrow for another episode. Masala!